You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sikaduk, an Icelandic sexologist. Little unknown life hack if you're going to Reykjavik, if you need free parking and you want to be kind of close to downtown, and, but you don't want to pay for parking and you want to go to a nice cafe, go to Thjöðminjasafnið. There they have kaffitár and you can get coffee, and, like good coffee and something to eat, like a sandwich or something. And you don't need to pay for parking and there's always ample parking. And when it's nice weather like we have today, you can sit outside. So it's one of the best life hacks I can give you if you're going to Reykjavik. Because today I was driving around after having done two stand-up shows and I was like, I don't feel like going straight into 101 and trying to find parking because it can be a bitch. So what did I do? I was like, ah, Thjöðminnisafnið. And they have really good toilet facilities. Because not every cafe has good toilet facilities and I was in need of a toilet facility. So there you go. Life hack for Reykjavik. Thjöðminnisafnið and kaffitar. Um, I want to talk about something that has been weighing on my mind and on many people's minds, seeing what is happening in the US of A. You know, oh wait, get out of this. Um, and I'm at, the, at some secret door at the University of Iceland. I've never been through this door. It says that it's vaktat, which means it's guarded, but by who and why? I have no idea. Let's see if it's better here, this little kind of Oh yeah, this might be better. I may just sit on the lawn here. Like, I've never been here. I went to the University of Iceland, but I've never been behind the actual, actual, like, University of Iceland um, uh, house. So here, I'm going to sit down before I have to go do my next gig and have a little chat. So, me, like most of the world, I think, is very triggered by what's happening in the USA. And then we're watching Handmaid's Tale and... Well, if you haven't seen Handmaid's Tale, read the book or watch the episode, watch the show. It's very disturbing and it feels like it's becoming a reality. It feels like almost a reality show, which is even more scary. And what's been happening, in special, especially in regards to abortion, is just shocking to me with the United States, with them, um, with how they're restricting, restricting it and banning it. And it just feels like we're going back into time, like decades back into time. Whereas at the same time here in Iceland, they just um, passed a bill a couple of weeks ago, whereas uh, it's the woman's choice to have an abortion, woman and Volvo havers choice to have an abortion for up, up to week 22 of gestation mm -hmm. or pregnancy, if you will. So totally the woman's choice i cannot stress that enough because it used to be i mean like you weren't you weren't not allowed to have an abortion but you have to have a talk with a social worker and your case was kind of had to be taken up for discussion with some doctors and you had to get it approved like your abortion had to be approved and it didn't usually take a long time or anything like that and like i said like people weren't weren't denied access to abortion but it's still it wasn't completely your choice it was for some doctors to decide but now they've changed this fortunately and so it's it's your decision over your body which is so necessary and i was in a cafeteria the other day uh, talking about this with some school teachers and one teacher was like where is the men's say in this i mean the poor guy i'm like 
the poor guy, are you serious right now? What's his say in this? His say was, well, maybe I shouldn't have put it in. Maybe I should have used a condom. Maybe I shouldn't have been careless about what I do with my stuff. His decision? No. He doesn't get to decide over my body. Are you serious? So I thought, I thought well, that was just crazy. And um, she's like, we can agree to disagree. I'm like, no, I won't. I'm not going to agree to disagree. We're just not going to discuss this. But never will I agree to disagree. Not on this matter. So, and people often ask, like, they're like, oh, Iceland, this egalitarian paradise where everybody is equal and feminists run free, roam free, fly on their brooms between separate housings or I don't know, whatever. So, yes, equality is better here than in many countries. It's not perfect. We don't have everything set in our ways. And feminism has achieved greatness here in 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 regards to a lot of different areas and topics and i think that's and because uh, feminism is strong here but i think that is in part also because we get to decide over our own body so women once they got to decide how they chose to if you want to say dispose of what is thrust upon them because yes let's be clear like you're not a woman and all of a sudden you find yourself pregnant. That's not what happened. There's always a penis. There's always sperm. And often or not, the sperm owner has not taken ownership or responsibility for their sperm. And we are left to deal with the consequences of said sperm. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. And I think that it has helped us lift us out of poverty and into more gender equality because we are allowed to have abortions and not only are we allowed but they are covered by our taxes so it's not costly it's not something that is only for the selective few who can afford it and for anyone who is 15 and older like you do not have to get written permission from your parents or anything like that and it's um it's quite I mean, it's done twice a week and you arrive in the morning. You had to be fasting from midnight. You arrive in the morning and they check you in and you go into like a little bed and they give you, I think if I remember this correctly, this might have changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? Because most abortions that are that are done, like most abortions aren't procedures. Most abortions nowadays are done with pills, like like medication. I don't know if you can call it that, but it's done with pills. So it like makes you like bleed, you know, so it, you kind of menstruate the, um, the little cell out, if you will. But after week eight of pregnancy or gestation, I don't know which is more, which I should use come to think of it my brain is getting fried here in the sun um so let's just say after week eight of pregnancy that's not considered a reliable method anymore so it's just kind of if you find out very early on that you are pregnant but if you find out later um then you would have the operation which is yeah it it takes under half a day so you arrive in the morning and they prep you for surgery and then you go into surgery and they make sure that you consent and you understand everything, and then you're put under just like short anesthesia, like um, you're you're like put put under, like you're you're not awake or anything. It's not local anesthesia; it's like full blown. You're out, and then they wake you up. They give you something to eat. They tell you to pee, and then they tell you to you know kind of wait for maybe an hour, and then you get to go home. So like when I had my operation, it's been some years now. My abortion, it 
I was just like, um, I arrived there at seven in the morning, I think. And I think I was leaving around noon, like 12 or something and paid nothing. Cannot stress that enough. Of course, I mean, I pay taxes. I do that, but it's covered in my taxes. It's not like a separate healthcare that I have to pay additionally. And I think this is so important. So when people are looking to Iceland and talking about feminist issues, this has to be at the core of it. How we get to decide what, if, and when like if and when we have kids and how many and we just get to control our bodies and are not left to just like, I don't know, like our fate is up in the wind and we're like, oh, no, I was unlucky there. Must now have a child who I cannot care for or do not want. But you know what? It go- you know how it goes. I have a vulva, must have child. It's no longer that way. And I'm so glad and so thankful that it is. But it's still, you know, we're, it's not perfect here. There's still this sense of um, there's still this sense of that women should be on the pill. We're still having huge issues with uh, condom usage. It's not good. And there's still this familiarity aspect to it. It's like, I know you, you know, you're my cousin's third uncle's niece or something. It's like, "Uh, we went to school together. You went to school with my friend, you know. So it kind of almost feels like an awkward gesture to ask for the condom. It feels like it's like a declaration of an STI. Like, why, why are you asking me for a condom? Like, how awkward. And how awkward is it that it's awkward to ask for a condom? It's so weird. And some studies have shown that um, women just have to be like, no, there's no entrance of penis if no condom is on said penis, which is put, putting a lot of responsibility again on what kind of sex we're about to have. And I mean, what's with the penis? Just put it on before you put it in. Like, what's wrong with you? But um, I shared this on Instagram that I had had an abortion and I, I kind of gave the reasons to why I had the abortion. And I was, this was back in 2003, I'd been in a very unhealthy relationship with a man that I thought was perfect, but he was abusing drugs, which I kind of, I don't, I don't know if I knew, but at least I, like, I didn't acknowledge it. And I was very oblivious, like I have never abused drugs, so I kind of didn't know what to look for. Uh, and I heard rumors, but I mean, he was telling me, oh, sorry for the wind. And he was telling me I was crazy, these are all lies, um, I would never lie to you, yada, yada, yada. And then I found out, and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I work at a sucky job, I'm not happy, he's not happy, we're miserable, we're constantly fighting. I live with him in his apartment, like what am I going to do? I'm uneducated, I haven't been to university. Um, all the jobs that I can get are jobs that I've been doing for so many years and are not making me happy at all and they're very stressful and I feel and I had panic attacks on a regular um, basis at that time and my stomach like one of the um, one of the things that I realized now was like just a huge cause of um, anxiety which I just thought was something wrong with me was that I was all like my tummy was always hurting my stomach was always upset I always had cramps and all these stomach pains and I was like Oh, it must mean, must mean that I should be eating more vegetables or I shouldn't be having wheat or I should be, you know, having more coffee or less coffee or blah, 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 blah. Turns out I was just super duper 
stressed, anxious, and nervous because I was so freaking unhappy. But I had told myself and I had sold myself this dream that this was the one, that he was perfect, that we were perfect, and that this had to work, okay? And so, and I was also kind of like, okay, you know, just to stick it through, it won't be better if he, you know, discovers some new aspect of himself or if I do this, it will be better. But of course, it's never going to be better. I mean, let's face it, it was never going to be better. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh my God, I cried and I cried and I cried and he was really mad. He was like, why are you pregnant? What? Would you think we should be having a child? We're always fighting. It's not like we're a good couple. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know, you know. And he's like, weren't you on the pill? I was like, oh, yes, I was, but I'm still pregnant. I don't know anything. So that happened. And um, I remember when we, I don't know, it was, yeah, it was his birthday. And I had um, reserved a cottage out in the country for us to have like a romantic birthday weekend. I'd even paid for it. And he decided that he wanted to go with his friends to party that whole weekend for his birthday. And he left me alone in our apartment. And I just remember it was a Saturday evening. And yeah, we had kind of broken up, even though I was still pregnant, we'd kind of broken up. We were like, what are we gonna do? You need to start looking at apartments. And my friend was looking at, at, at apartments that week. And I went with her to check one out. And she was like, what do you think? Are you going to move in with me? What are we going to do? And I said, well, he's kind of asked me to move out. I mean, um, like a couple of months earlier, that same year, he had actually thrown me out of the apartment that we lived in. He, he literally packed up my stuff, put it outside, locked the door and refused to answer it. And that was during Easter. And this is in the winter. Uh, so yeah, great, great decision making skills, Sika. Going back to that guy and being like, no, we're gonna be fine. This is love, I can feel it. I was young and naive and I wanted to believe the best, but you know, you know, you know how it goes. Well, anyways, so he went, he went there partying with his friends and uh, I sat there on a Saturday night and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm pregnant. Um, he's obviously drinking his ass off and probably doing all the shit that people keep telling me that he's doing. I'm so unhappy. Um, I need to take responsibility. And my thought was like, what if I just die? What if, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. I was like, what if this is just it for me? Wouldn't it be way easier? I wouldn't have to make any decisions, no responsibility. I could just die here and now and I sat there and you know breathing quite rapidly felt really really bad my stomach was like in tight knots I couldn't eat anything and I was just like okay 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 no I can't I can't this this isn't the solution this is not how it's gonna go for me so I called up my friend this was like midnight on Saturday night and I'm like we are moving tomorrow. We need, I need to move out of this apartment before um, noon. You're gonna come with me. Uh, we're gonna get the other apartment and I'm gonna move all my shit before he comes home. 
and they were like, oh my God, you're, are you going to tell him? I'm like, no, because um, I don't think he's going to allow me to move out or he's going to try to stop it or it's going to turn into this huge drama or whatever. I just need to go. And so two of my very good friends showed up the following morning. We literally threw everything in boxes and we ran. My friend told the, um, the guy from the moving company who had like, we had like rented this big truck. And he told the guy, he's like, you are not allowed to tell anybody where you are moving from and to which address. Seriously, if you're asked, you're not allowed to say that. And he was making sure that we weren't being followed and that nobody was like looking, looking around, seeing where we were going. And but, uh, I hadn't, like, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't been violent towards me, my ex. But, you know, but you never... Like, he was in a crazy state of mind. What do you know with people doing drugs? So anyway, so we moved, and I took the couch. And I think I took, I took the bed, and I think I took, like, everything. And, so, and then, then he arrived. Like, the Sunday was his birthday, and I just got this really nasty text. And he didn't arrive until, like, late, late that evening. And he's like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I come home to an empty apartment. You're gone. You stole my things. And I'm like, these are things that I paid for. Um, these are my things. And he's like, I cannot believe you're such a bitch. And here I was, you know, apparently the former love of his life, still pregnant with his child, but yet a bitch as well. And he was so, so mad, so mad. But it, you know, it's what I had to do. But And it took me a couple of weeks to um, gather the courage to go and have an abortion because I was secretly always hoping that he would take me back, that he would be like, you know, the kind of um, cat and mouse, the kind of, oh, I'm saying no, but I really mean yes. The whole kind of shit that we're fed, that we're fed, that we want in romance and that roman what is romantic and how we should feel in love and that he's always going to come through at the last possible minute. That's what I held on to. And sure, you know, in between calling me a bitch, he was like, oh, but I miss you so much. You're the love of my life. Let's have a family and make this work. And then, you know, a couple of, I don't know, hours later, it's like, you bitch or whatever. So um, I, I, I did. I did order. I did order an abortion. Order an abortion. That sounds like a McDonald's. But I did. I did go. And um, I was like, OK, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to have an abortion. And I even, you know, up until the morning of the abortion, I was kind of like, I hope, I hope he tells me not to go. I hope he's like, I'm sober now. Let's make this work. And I remember walking into the um, hospital early in the morning and it was snowy and it was it's beautiful weather. And I wanted to walk there by myself. And I kept thinking he's going to be outside the hospital. He's probably going to drive up now and stop me and profess his love. And I can just cancel the abortion. But he never did. And he wasn't inside the hospital. He wasn't outside of it. He wasn't when I woke up from the abortion. My mom was. She picked me up. And he was like nowhere to be found and nowhere to be seen. But after the abortion, that's when he was like, so how are you feeling? Do you think we should get back together and some shit like that? And at that point, I was like, mm-mm. No, no, mm-mm, that ship has sailed. And I remember before I had the, the abortion, I, I, um, I said to my little fetus, I was like, you know what? This is not our time. I don't want to bring you into this world. And you're coming into such a complicated, unhealthy relationship. I don't want, I want you to have 
have a good life and have good parents who love you and take care of you and not use you as a pawn between them in their own power struggles of who who gets to decide what or who's correct or what's best and you know not what's best but you know what I mean the whole the whole issue of um it's just just how it screws up the kid having to shuffle back and forth between two dysfunctional family sets because I, I knew his family set was dysfunctional mine certainly was because I would have been a single mother um, or I would have stuck it out with this guy through thick and thin through hell and back uh, never knowing if I would make it back and I would have just stayed there just because I should have, you know, just because of the kid. And we would have both been miserable and disgusting and lying to one another. And and I probably never would have gone to school because I had no, I had low self-esteem and I was very anxious and unsure and just unhappy. So to me, my abortion was me taking responsibility for my own life and for my future and it felt like the right thing to do and the only thing to do. I cannot tell you what date it was performed on because I haven't really memorized it. I don't feel that it has um, changed me. Well, it did change me. I want to, I should clarify. I, I don't feel that, I like, I'm not filled with regret. I don't think about the day going back, oh, how I wish he had stopped me. I'm so thankful that I did that, that I did have an abortion and I'm grateful for it. And um, and it did change me because I decided I'm like I'm gonna be I'm gonna stop being this sulky person, um, pointing the finger to everybody else, saying you're responsible you're responsible for my happiness and you're responsible for me not doing this and this and that. Like I get to be responsible for my own dreams and I'm gonna make them happen. And I'm gonna quit this whining and I'm gonna make shit happen. So that's what I did. Like I. I went traveling, um, I enrolled in university, I, I got a new job, and like I felt like I had been this flower that was dehydrated and about to die. Whoa, calm down. Um, I felt like I was this you know, flower that was about to die, and all of a sudden I got like this boost. Like All of a sudden I got nutrition and air, and I could breathe, and it felt amazing. It felt so amazing and so freeing to be able to do that and just be like okay here I am what's next up for me uh, and I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been able like I wouldn't have been able to um, become the person I am today I think if I hadn't been allowed to get an abortion seriously that's seriously what I believe I think the abortion was instrumental in me taking responsibility for me. I'm not sure I would have matured alongside a child that I was trying to raise. I'm pretty sure I would have blamed that child for all my life's incomplete messes and um, screw-ups and failures and being like, yeah, it's because of you. I'm pretty sure that's what I would have done because it took a lot of a lot of hard lessons in life for me to grow up and be like, okay, the buck stops here. You need to take responsibility and own your feelings, emotions, and behavior. So, yep, that's my abortion story. Um, and I'm sorry that it might be triggering for some, but uh, mind you, I'm not the first girl that had an abortion after him. He, there was an, another girl who fell pregnant that really liked him and, well, the way that the story that I was told the story was that he forced her to have an abortion. He said, "Like, there's no other choice. I'm not having my child with you. You are having an abortion." And the discussion 
I'm like, oh, Jesus, what kind of message is that? But, I mean, when I see this guy today, I still care for him. He has a, he has a place in my heart, and I'll say hi, and I'll give him a cuddle and stuff like that. But, I mean, this always still remains between us. And I don't count the years. I'm not like, how old would the child be today? Like, I haven't done that, but... I'll, like, all of a sudden I'll be like, huh, I would, I would have a teen today. That's, that's a bit weird. But I also would have been linked to all this, like, this complicated mess that would be having somebody like that in my life. Even, even though today he's taking responsibility for his own life, that wasn't the case back then. So I feel that abortion is a human right. It's crucial to... Um, to really getting equality and and just yeah it's it's fundamentally a human right i i always come back to that so i hope that the world stops being dominated by old views and some crazy interpretations of religion about how life should be and start to come to the senses and put human rights above all other translations or meanings of some texts, some old, old texts, and start reading human rights as, uh, like, as something that we need to live by and that has been written today for today's people and that all people have human rights. And abortion is one of them. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sikaduck.com. See you guys later.